0: You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. In theater, or really in any performing art, we have certain genres or types of characters and stories that fit us better than others. And today's guest, Ashley Monique Menard, found her niche in comedy. But often, even what we're good at doesn't really begin to blossom and grow until we really hone that craft and work on it.
1: later, once I started at UCB, I was like, I should have started taking classes at UCB whenever I was saying, hey, how could I be funny? I wish someone would have told me about improv sooner.
0: Welcome to Why I'll Never Make It, or Win Me for short. Here you'll learn from fellow creatives as they share stories and the realities of a career in the arts. I'm your host, Patrick Oliver-Jones, a professional actor and singer for almost 30 years. Join the Win Me community by going to com to learn how you can get members-only bonus episodes and a free coaching session with me. Again, that website is com. Amidst all the chaos and turmoil of 2020, there was one area of media that saw a lot of growth. Podcasting. Now, it has been steadily growing in the last decade, but it reached new heights last year. So, in what seems to be a trend so far this season, Ashley Monique Menard is yet another actor turned podcaster, who is finding another avenue for storytelling and connection in this business. But she certainly didn't stop there. She writes, directs, sings, and does voiceovers. And at the heart of it all is her quirky and comedic take on performance and life in general. So in part one of our conversation, we'll talk a lot about that comedy, how it's helped her find and strengthen her voice, but also how an honest assessment of her talents and limitations was key in finding the best ways for her to shine. One of those ways was going back to school to learn more about business and writing and marketing, and she's doing it all for free. And later in this episode, she will share how you can do it for free as well. All right, Ms. Ashley, well, I think we should get started. Let's do it. Thank you, Ashley, for coming on the podcast. It's so good to have you here.
1: I'm so happy to be here. This is such a thrill. Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. And... I, I was looking through your your resume of things, and comedy is really your your game. Like mm-hmm. like like you've you've done Groundlings and UCB, mm-hmm. and so what was it that drew you to comedy specifically as a as a performance art?
1: Um, I think it all kind of started whenever I was a kid, and I I'm inherently funny. And um
0: <laughs> it's good to be confident, you know? Yeah, you no, know your well, strengths. <laughs>
1: um and I say that because I'm funny at moments, I'm not I'm not trying. You know, like you know how some people are just kind of funny, like, oh god, you just they they'll do something and it's just funny and they're not meaning to be funny. Yeah. Well, I realized I was that whenever I was a kid, and then once people told me I was funny, I was like, How can I be more of that? What do I do to to do more because I really want to be funny and you know when you try to be funny then it's not funny so right. there was those awkward like teen years but I just kind of held on to the fact that I was you know I was a fat kid and so when you're like a fat kid you're like okay you're either going to be really talented or you're going to be really bitchy you know, you're going to you're going to go one of two ways in yeah. terms of like trying to like figure yourself out and find the world. And mine was I was not going to be bitchy. I was just going to be I was going to be me, which was enthusiastic and effervescent. <laughs> so um I could tell so that yeah. just
0: you know how. I think websites are done really well whenever you can tell about the person's personality just from reading it or or just the vibe that you get in the pictures yeah. and how it's set up and so your yours is done very well. So yeah, again, you. us actors that I think that's important that we have a website but that also mm-hmm. that it showcase our personality. Mine is very I wouldn't say stoic, but it is definitely mm-hmm. very organized and structured. Yeah. I redid it recently and added a few waves in there just mm-hmm. to give it some flair, but yeah. it's still very structured.
1: I think yours very much suits you. <laughs> yes. Well, well, then
0: good. Then it is yeah. doing its job.
1: Sure enough. <laughs> so when it came to
0: your comedic training, you know, Much like in the singing world, which is really where most of my training has been, there's that natural talent. As you said, you were naturally funny. What was it about your training that kind of honed it and turned it into a skill rather than just a personality trait?
1: That's an awesome question. Um, I think it can kind of be tied with music as well because I... I started off and I went to AMDA for musical theater and I remember being in Jay Diaz's class and he had given me, you know, a a ballad and then he gave me another ballad and then he gave me another ballad and then finally I pulled him aside and I was like, can you give me something funny? Like I want to be funny. And he's like, we already are funny. And I said, no, but I want, I want you to teach me how to be funnier. Like I, this is what's going to make me money in life. And he was like, well, we want to make you well-rounded. So since you already know how to be funny, you should just let let us work on everything else. And I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, that's a great idea. A few years later, once I started at UCB, I was like, I should have started taking classes at UCB (laughs) whenever I was saying, hey, how could I be funny? I wish someone would have told me about improv sooner.
0: Yeah, same here.
1: You know, like, because once I, I, because I did it in high school, a little bit and we did a little bit at amda but like ucb was my gateway of like oh okay this is a craft and we need to we need to take it to the next level and you you have to say yes and you have to add to it i'm always the first person that's like yep i'll go i'll go i'll go and that was never the case as a kid but as i decided to kind of like throw myself into the comedy world i was like girl you're going to have to just say yes Like always just raise your hand. You'll figure it out. Trust yourself. You'll figure it out. And that's kind of been the motto of my life.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was not that way as a kid in in the fact that, you know, if someone needed someone to sing, or, you know, it is the same in the classroom, you know, who wants to go get up with what I was always like, I would let a few people go first, and I wanted to be in the middle. I never wanted to go first. I never wanted to go last. I just wanted to kind of be in the middle. and And so I, I would say that that was that's one of my personality traits that has carried over into my adulthood and even somewhat into my acting life about being, a little bit more wanting to just kind of fit in, wanting to hit that mark. And so going outside that is, is something that has to be learned. Some people like you, it obviously just comes naturally. And so did you find that those ballads, did you find that it tapped into other parts?
1: So with the ballads, I, when I look back, it was basically just me emoting like emoting my face off as opposed to now where if I'll sing a ballad I'll try to find more nuances in it because what's more heartbreaking than someone singing a ballad and they try to make some small joke (laughs) you know (laughs) you know like you know that moment like when you see like a Kristen Chenoweth or a Stephanie J Block have that one little moment of like they're singing something and it's so sad and then there's just that moment of And it's just, it amplifies even more, you know?
0: Well, that gets to the second part of that question that I wanted to ask is, did you ever turn these ballads into a humorous take or take a a different take with them?
1: I did that with something else. Um, I wrote a couple of parodies in my 20s because I didn't know what else to do with the fact that no one was casting me in anything (laughs) for musical theater. And so I was like, well, fuck it. the Wizard and I. I'm gonna make it my agent and I. And I wrote a song about an agent finally representing me, and it would be that like alphabet moment of going to Oz, and everything would be there, and she'd end up at the Tonys. That got me super jazzed of finding a way to take something that I liked doing of creating a story in my head and using it with a pre-existing story, which has kind of led me to where I am now, where I wrote a show. And it's a comedy called "The Art of Blowing It." So excited!
0: Now, this is a show that you've worked on for quite a while.
1: Yes, we've. I wrote it three years ago.
0: What has taken it so long, and why is it finally ready to come out now?
1: She, um, I have a very comfortable womb, and she's wanted to stay in there for as long as possible, percolating, gestating. You know. Yes, <laughs> and um, no. Brody. It's one of those things we could have. We could have released her a few years ago. But then we looked at the ending and it wasn't as good. We did a test audience and they were like, "Eh." and we were like, okay, let's do some rewrites. So I did some rewrites and um, changed the ending three times. And I'm so happy with the ending now. It's exactly what it needed to be. Sometimes, oh God, timing happens for a reason. Because we were going to release the show in March and it totally could have come out. Um, But it would have been a different show. But because the quarantine happened, we didn't release it. We sat on it. We loved it more. Everyone put more attention on it. And now she's very well adjusted. We spent more time on it. And the time that we spent on it made it a better product. And I think that happens with a lot of shows. And I think that sometimes we as independent filmmakers just decide, okay, we're going to do it. We're going to make it and we're going to get it out as quick as possible in like a TikTok fashion. And sometimes it's great. And sometimes it needs to just be in the womb a little longer. And that's definitely what the art of blowing it needed. And I just like that's where the juices started to flow of what can I do with these thoughts that I have inside my head? And how can I push myself to have more of them? Because it's like a muscle.
0: It definitely is. And it is a muscle that for me has been somewhat an atrophy during these last several (laughs) months of not performing, of not being able to utilize those skills and craft. And when it comes to that, what do you think was keeping you from being cast back whenever we were all going to auditions? What what was holding you back?
1: I'm gonna break it to you. I'm gonna break it to you simply. I'm talented, but I'm not that good. And I'll tell you why. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'll tell you why. Cause you got singers like Bonnie Milligan, who can just sing circles around everybody in the room. And I replaced her in a show and I thought, Oh, maybe I'll be able to do it again. No such luck. Like the pool there. There's so many talented singers out there. Like, just the best of the best of the best of the best of the best i'm a really good singer but i'm not the best of the best of the best of the best of the best and i'm okay with that and it took a really long time for me to be able to understand what's my special sauce how can i get to where i want to get to now that being said i know i'll be on broadway someday i might be waiting tables doing it but i know i'll make it no no no, no. i know i believe in the fact that broadway is definitely an option but i think for me personally that's going to happen after I've had some sort of success on TV. I just, I know it in my bones. I really do. The fact of the matter is, I know it could sound like, oh, I know I'll do Broadway after I do TV shows. Like, I know it sounds super grandiose, but I I thought of it one day. And my voice teacher agreed, Will, Will Bryan. He was like, I think that's really kind of like you're in. Work on the comedy thing. Push that. And you have the skills to be able to be in a Broadway show, but that might not be the way to get it done. And so even having a professional that I respected say that, it was like, yeah. And then that's when I switched to film and TV about six years ago. And it's been great. It's been so great.
0: Yeah, because I was, I noticed on your IMDb that a lot of your credits have come in the last three or four years or so. So that's been a big push of yours. And it seems like most of it is works that you've created or been a part of that creative team. And so do you feel like that that's going to be your bread and butter is the creative side of it or is the goal then, of course, to get on some big show that is not your own, but you're recurring or co-starring or something like that?
1: I think you got to spread the nets, you know, if you're creating your own stuff, you can't blame the fact that you can't be visible. If you enjoy collaborating with certain people, keep doing it. And I've been super fortunate that the people that I have worked with want to work with me again. And I've been super fortunate in the fact that they've created more than one thing. I mean, I have worked with some independent filmmakers that are just coming up. And I think whenever they hit their their second or third show, they'll be giving me a call or not. You know, like there's only so much we can do to water ourselves. And if we're not doing that, what are we doing?
0: Yeah and And so, do you think that, as you said, Broadway is the eventual goal will Will that mean making it to you?
1: That would mean making it, I think, to my mom. <laughs> I think if my mama saw me on Bull on CBS with one line, <laughs> she would think I've made it as opposed yeah. to me winning an award for a web series. like that is there. But if she saw me with that one line on Bull, She'd tell all her friends.
0: Right? It is amazing how much work can go into something like a, a small web series that maybe not a lot of people see, and how how little work goes into that one line. However, <laughs> mm-hmm. the process to get that one line extensive and mind numbingly crazy. Yes. But the actual work of a one line is obviously not not very hard. Yes. But yeah, I, I remember my my first line was asking Tom Selleck a question in Blue Boy. <gasps> right? I
1: love Tom Selleck.
0: I know. Oh, oh please. <sighs> I grew up watching Magnum PI. So it was like a thrill just to meet him and, and talk with him.
1: Oh, what a joy you must have had.
0: Oh, oh, it was, it was, <gasps> it was wonderful. But that one line, all mm-hmm. he had, I mean, so of course I'm thinking is, don't mess up your one line. Don't mess. So all this, all this pressure goes into that one line question mm-hmm. that I have to ask mm-hmm. him in a press conference. So yes, people see us, on the TV show, doing that one line, it's like, oh, good job, you know, and all these things, and you want to promote it. But yet, you can work months and months and months on your own show, 50 people see it, and then stop. Yeah. So it is a matter of finding that motivation in the little things that come our way. And so for you, what has that been, as you say, you spread your net wide, but it's also hard to, to keep focused and motivated in each of those areas.
1: Um, focused for me, motivated. I don't know where my motivation comes from, but it, it, it's underneath me and it kind of lifts me up. Focus, not the case. (laughs) I will have 12 things open and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to finish this research project. Oh, let me just check actors' access real quick just to see. Oh, I got a C-mail. Well, let me go ahead and research that. But wait a minute. I think I needed to send Josh something. Maybe I should start a press release. Yeah. That's all yesterday. That's all. Like yesterday, I was bouncing around like a mad woman. But um, I'm not answering the question because I forgot it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: No, no, but but I think that indicates like how our – brains and minds just kind of bounce from one thing to the next. It's why I lie in bed for like two hours, just going through all the stuff that I should have done today. I need to do tomorrow. And and then I try to go to sleep and my brain's like, but what about that? Why, why, Why didn't you do that?
1: And then do you have the dream where you're doing that while doing something else? (laughs) And then all of a sudden you realize that you're on stage doing a live action version of the golden girls and you walk out and you don't know your line, but then you see B. Arthur looking at you and being like, come on. And then Betty White saves the day. I've had that dream.
0: I have not dreamed about the golden girls. I could say, (laughs) I guess the most vivid dream I had because I used to do guest on at Disney world. And so, and so I had I, I remember having a dream. And it was one of those where the stage was a f- literally because I remember it was a footfall field away. and I and my line had was coming up. And I was running the field to get onto the stage. Oh. And the stage itself was like some huge, opera extravaganza type of stage and just huge. And then I didn't have all my costumes on. So I had to get backstage to get on my costume. My line has, my cue line has been, you know, those kind (sighs) of dreams are the ones that I have just stress dream.
1: Yeah. That is a stress dream. That is stress. I have goosebumps because I'm stressed out for you.
0: Right. Right. You know, our brains are constantly letting us know how much we have to do and how at any moment it could go wrong. And so, for you, what what are those moments that have gone wrong for you, and you had to adjust, move, do something else? Or
1: I have a lot of moments that go wrong because I have a tendency of taking on too much. Like even during a pandemic, I'm taking on too much.
0: I think we all are be- be- because the because there's so little. It's like whatever comes, it's like yes, yes, yeah, yes.
1: It's so funny because yesterday I was, or this past week I was thinking, wow last year at this time I because I get super hard seasonal depression like you would not believe like it comes in and I'm like who are you and she's like don't worry you'll just go to sleep for the next month you can return later <laughs> you know and I'm like no
0: is there like, a particular season that it happens more often this one okay it's so winter season yeah
1: hard it's so hard mm-hmm. for me I have that little lamp you're supposed to plug in I've have it right next to my head, doesn't do anything, but the things that I, I I know what things normally work for me. And so I'll share that normally journaling three pages every day. Thanks to the artist way. That's like how I got to start my day, a nugget of meditation. If I can fit that in for like 10 minutes toward the end of the day really helps to set me straight. And when I feel myself get super like, oh, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. And I feel my shoulders kind of like coming up. I put my hands down and I list five things I'm grateful for. Because it gets me in that mindset of not looking at all the good things that are in front of me as challenges. And it puts me in that mindset of you have so much to be grateful for. You can't see it right now. It feels overwhelming because it's a lot, but this is all good. You can figure it out. But I'll get, my my shoulders just get here in my jaw and I'm like this. And I find that that really, 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 really helps me.
0: I think you bring up a good point that, that it's so often as artists, we're constantly wanting to put ourselves out there, our skills, you know, write something, perform something, sing something. We're wanting to do and put it out there. And we forget to also do things for ourselves that no one will see, that isn't promoting, that isn't selling ourselves, that may not even have anything to do with artistic endeavors, but just something that our human psyche needs. And I know that I forget to do that a lot. I do too. One of the benefits of not only doing this podcast, but listening to others is the amount of information and news I get about ways to better myself, both professionally and personally. This interview you're hearing with Ashley today was actually recorded in December of 2020. And it was in that Zoom interview, Ashley told me about the college courses she's been taking and the degree she's getting, all for free.
1: I don't know if you are a member of Actors' Equity, but if you are, you can go to school for free at the Eastern Gateway Community College. All you have to do is go to Union Plus, check it out, and you can go to school absolutely for free. You can continue your education. It's not like a four-year program. It's two years, but you have the opportunity to be able to move on and, and finish your bachelor's on something, or you could just get some free information in your brain. You could go to school for free. It's a free school.
0: I had no idea about this. Yeah. And wait, wait, now, two years, does that mean you can get like an associate's or it's really yeah. just cla- for yeah. free? Yeah.
1: I'm getting my associate's <laughs> in business with a focus in social media and marketing. Um, this semester, I'm taking public speaking classes, hugely valuable. And I'm also taking psychology. Hello. Last semester I did. um, Last semester was English. So it's helping me with my copy. And then I also took a business class, of course. And then next semester I'm doing uh, consumer behavior, which I think will be extremely valuable. And um, another one that I can't. uh, Oh, oh, yeah. Intro to marketing for free.
0: Well, you are teaching me something right now. I'm going to have to check this out. I think it's, that's amazing.
1: It's so cool. And I, I always tell people about it on the podcast because I, I think it's just because, you know, so many of us have our equity card and we're not using it. Yeah, <laughs> and so yeah. may as well, like it's paid. My equity card's paid for itself.
0: But the, but I, I assume because it's through Union Plus, it's really mm-hmm. for any, you could be SAG or, you know, just any union that, yes. th- that Union Plus is a part of.
1: Yes, as well as like electric, um, electrical unions there, I have right. some classmates that are a part of other unions or, as well. Yeah. yeah. It's just, and I feel like right now is one of those times where we're, we're trying to figure out, okay, what, what am I doing? Like restructuring. And so if you have the opportunity and you have some time and you're thinking of going back to school, it's just, it's such a great time. So I well, love thank, Eastern, you. thank you for KBA that. Thank you for that. Go Gators! <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Your alma mater. I love it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the mighty Gator. <laughs> I'll take it.
0: <laughs> well, I checked it out myself, liked what I saw, and registered for classes at the beginning of this year. Despite there being forms and paperwork to go through, the process was relatively straightforward. And in 18 to 24 months, I'll have my associate's degree in digital and social media marketing. (laughs) I am hoping that that will help me in promoting this podcast as well as my own acting career. So if you're interested, you can go to egcc.edu or look for a link in the show notes, and it will take you directly to their union affiliate page. A big thank you to Ashley for coming on the podcast, and to you for joining us in the first part of our conversation. If you know anyone who you think could benefit from this episode, please tell them about this podcast, or you can send them the Win Me newsletter. Subscribe to these monthly updates and news by going to com. Well, I'm your host, Patrick Oliver-Jones, in charge of recording, editing, and producing this podcast. Dylan Adams is the booking producer. Music in this episode provided by Blue Dot Sessions and Vortex. Join me next time for the second half of my interview with Ashley Monique Menard as we talk more about why I'll never make it.
1: Enterprises use disparate systems to manage spend. The result? A reactive manual approach. CFOs and controllers, you deserve better. You deserve a unified spend platform from Brex. Brex makes it easy to proactively control spend with cards, spend management, travel, and bill pay in one place. You can create budgets with controls built in, track and adjust in real time to keep teams accountable, and automate compliance to close the books faster. Ready to control your spend with one unified platform? Visit Brex.com.